The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Standing, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Mark chapter 5 tonight. Very familiar passage of scripture. As we continue in a series on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter 5 and verse 1, if you're all there, say yes. And they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. How many of you know that the devil has supernatural devil power? Okay, so that, that might be a, an eye-opener for some of you. Have no fear. Everybody say, have no fear. Verse 5. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Even even demons know who he is. Sometimes hard to convince people, but devils know. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Verse 8. And he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him. I like that. I I like demons begged him. Come on, somebody say demons beg him. Yeah, that's right. They're asking permission. I I just think it's funny. Some of you are so terrified. Some people so scared of the devil. The devil's got to ask permission. (laughs) Okay. You might get that on the way home. I just think it's funny. Verse 12 is funny to me. They begged him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter him. And at once Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. That's a lot of swine. A lot of pigs. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned. Verse 14. Those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and the country, and they went out to see what it was that happened. And when they came to Jesus and saw no one who had, saw the one, pardon me, who had been demon-possessed, and he had the legion 
sitting clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it happened. Him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Verse 17, our final verse. And they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Fascinating. Why, why, would, why would you want Jesus to depart from your region? Must be some other motivation than seeing people free. Father, we pray tonight. Come on. Come on, lift your voice and pray and ask God to touch your heart. Holy Spirit, we're mindful, Lord, that it's not just a lecture or a teaching that makes a difference. It's you that bring living understanding. Come and breathe upon us tonight as your people. Give us ears to hear and heart to respond. Lord, illuminate us. Give us living understanding. Give us even a spirit of wisdom and revelation, I pray. It might never be the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Wherever Jesus showed up, (laughs) the kingdom of heaven showed up. And here we see a encounter of the God kind, a power encounter where Jesus shows up. In verse 29, it says that Jesus rebuked. Epitiamo is how you say it's rebuke. It's a sharp admonition. It's a charge. The word is also used in Matthew 17, 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that hour. In Mark 1 and 23, now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. How many of you know unclean spirits come to church too? Well, if you came tonight and you came and you're tormented, you came tonight with an unclean spirit, maybe you came bound, you came tonight afflicted, you came to the right place. Your whole life can change from this night forward. Everything could be different from tonight. And he cried out, he said, verse 24 of Matthew, uh, pardon me, of Mark 1, let us alone, what have we to do to you? Jesus of Nathers, don't destroy us. We know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, there's that word again. Mark 9, 25, Jesus saw the people running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. You know, deafness can come from a spirit. Hello. You know, we like in the Western world just to make everything all logical and fit in our little logical boxes. That's not how it is, though. Demons can cause sickness, can cause dumbness, can cause deafness. And it can come because of the fallenness of mankind and different things that happen. Either way, Jesus can heal. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 41, and demons came out of many, crying out, saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak. They knew that he was the Christ. As I said, whenever Jesus showed up, you saw the kingdom of God. And it was, the kingdom of God is not just about salvation. 
And usually salvation is that which is mostly preached. In other words, you go to most places, you go to crusades, you even on TV, you'll hear Jesus Christ, him crucified. Believe on the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Believe that he died in your place. He rose again from the grave. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's called the gospel. It's called the good news. Then, then, then you, you shall be saved. You'll be forgiven. He takes your sin. He throws it as far as the east is from the west. Is this familiar to anybody? And you make a decision to live for Christ. You, you believe on him. And you repent. You ask for forgiveness. Repent. Repent. Re. Again, think. You begin to think differently. And you begin to live for God. And you renew your mind. You learn, to, you learn that not all of your thoughts that you're having in your head might not be the will of God. And you start learning the word. And you get discipled. But many don't realize or remember scriptures like this. And dismiss it. But there are demon spirits that want to manipulate people. And this text that we see Jesus show up and the kingdom of God breaks out. The kingdom of God, wherever the kingdom of God is, there is healing. There is salvation. There is deliverance. There is provision. There is miracles. There are signs and there are wonders. And I'll say this boldly. If there's no signs and wonders and miracles, if there's no healing, no forgiveness, no, no deliverance, and there's no salvation, I mean, I, I know for a fact that there's some places where they just don't even give altar calls. They just think by osmosis, people are going to give their hearts to Jesus. The kingdom of God is more than salvation. And yes, I'll say salvation is the biggest miracle of them all. But, but all the other miracles Jesus did. And come on, WWJD, you remember those bracelets they were out? But in this text we see tremendous demonization. And I've preached from this text many times. Demonization is foul. and It's ugly. It's painful to see. This man, he lived in the tombs, fascinated with death. And there are many even that are listening to this message, or we'll hear it later, that there's a fascination with death. They think about it a lot. They even watch programs on TV, all the, the vampire shows. And, you know, there, there's so much that's just been, been, you know, like a revival of, demon, of demonized shows and a breakout of that which is ugly and a fascination with piercing, a fascination with cutting, a fascination really that's demonic. And, you know, when I went to school, we didn't have cutters that I know of. Now, they might have been there. Some of you don't even know what that is. I've preached on it before, but there's a, such a self-hatred in many of this younger generation that they, they bring razor blades, they bring things to school so that they can go into the, into the bathroom stall and pull their legs, their pants up and roll their socks down and put little slashes. Come on, children's churches upstairs. They put little slashes in their legs. And if you, if you, if you talk with them, and I have, I've, 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 I've led people to Jesus that had self-hatred like that and, and mutilation. Because it took away the pain is what they tell me. They say, Pastor, they say, when I did that, I didn't feel the emotional pain that I was experiencing. It just took it away. It's kind of like a drug, Pastor. And they would cut themselves. They're called cutters is what they're called. Well, it's nothing new under the sun. This guy did the same thing. He's fascinated with death. And... He, he has no restraint, and it's a picture of rebellion and hedonism. You know what hedonism is? Let me give you a textbook definition. Hedonism. A devotion especially to a, a self-indulgent one 
to pleasure and happiness as a way of life. A philosophical doctrine that holds that pleasure is the highest good or source of moral values. I will tell you that we are living in a generation where hedonism is just the main thing. Come on, somebody say, God help us. It's fascination with death. We see that all over. We see it in rock and roll bands and many have even said that that the sound and the rhythms that come from some rock and roll music is very, very even identical to demonic sounds that have come out of West Africa and different places that have been very demonized. And some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just telling you, the devil was a worship leader. Many, many theologians believe that he was a worship leader. If you study the texts on, uh, out of Ezekiel and Isaiah about Satan and how he was, had, had pipes and timbrels, it seemed that he was the main worship leader in heaven. And yet he decided in, to say that I'll ascend to the sides of the north, I'll become like the most high God. And in that same, in that same moment, it was cast down to heaven. And so it is no wonder that even when you see the Satan lead Jesus into temptation in the wilderness. He wants him to bow down and worship him. He's constantly looking to steal worship from God Almighty. He's constantly looking to do that. Some people think you can just listen to whatever kind of music you want to. I, I, I'm a firm believer that you can. So how do you know which one is which? Well, I, you just have to discern. I've known Christian artists. Where, where's, where, wave at me, my worship leader. Where, Minister Micah, I've known, I've known people who are aspiring to become Christian worship leaders, but they listen to all kinds of secular music to get their ideas. For the love of God, listen to the worship that happens up in heaven and let him write a song on your heart and use that one. Use, use that. You don't have to get creativity from the world. And I understand that there's crossover music, and I'm thankful that there's people who love the Lord that are actually in the secular marketplace bringing the kingdom there too. And God knows we need that more and more. Can somebody say amen? And we see this picture of religion, the failure of religion and human efforts to try to help people, to try to help the demonized. You can't teach demons. Listen, I'm convinced that much of the youth culture today are demonized. I, I, I've, I've been party and, and to understand that really the way you need to look at kids today is that they've already actually experienced pornography through their phones. They said, oh no, not in my house. Better check again, Bubba. Better check again. And there's systems that you need to have in place on your internet. There's thing, there's, there's, there's mirroring Program so you can actually see what your 12 or 13 year old is looking at. You say, well, I don't, I, I trust him. Well, you know what? That's called accountability. And if you could see, if you'd sat in the rooms of the people that I counsel, you'd not take it for granted to think that everything's okay. If you've seen the tears through the teenage girl that got pregnant, the date rape, You've seen the stories of even adult women who are desperate for, for fellowship and they get on Craigslist or they get on something and they begin to meet with somebody and they end up getting raped. If you see the defilement that comes through the phones and through the internet and through the TV. Is it okay? Can I preach it here a little bit? We can't, we can't whistle Dixie while going over the waterfall. Now, it's just, it's out there. We don't need to live in fear, but don't be stupid. Amen. 
And this, you know, they tried to chain him. They tried to bind him. Religion and tradition tries to put chains on you to control you. But blind Bartimaeus cried out all along. Religion and tradition will say, just shut up, Bartimaeus. Shut up. But he cried out all the more. Religion and tradition will try to get you to shut up and behave yourself and sit in your seat. And just don't get too excited about God. Don't get too hungry. Don't give too big. Don't pray too much. Just, just take the middle road. Can you just all, everything in moderation. All, everything in moderation. Just, it's all right. You know, I mean, really. That's what a religion will do to you. It'll make you lukewarm. You'll have no power. You'll have no unction. You'll have no anointing. You'll have no boldness to reach your hands out at the demonized person that you might be to set them free. And listen, I've tried all that other stuff. I'm just saying. It doesn't satisfy. There's only one thing that satisfies. And if you're looking to get satisfaction in anything outside of God, it's an idol. I don't care what it is. I don't care how you can argue it. I say that it's okay. If you're trying to get satisfaction and fulfillment and healing in anything outside of God, you're in trouble. Including marriage. I mean, people get married because they try to get rid of a lust problem. <laughs> that doesn't work. I'm just, I'm just telling you, it doesn't work. But Paul said that we should marry instead of burn. All right, that, that, that's true. But there's people that are just got a spirit of lust on them, and you try to get married to deal with it. And you know what happens? The new toy fades. Hello? The new toy fades, and then the person's looking for an upgraded model because you can't satisfy that. I got an amen for my wife on the front. Hallelujah. Now, in uh, Matthew 8, it's a corollary text, Matthew 8, 28 to 34, there's two demon-possessed men. You say, well, which is it? The stories are told from the people that were there, and it could have been two different events. The truth of it is this, that demons like to hang together. The man's naked, it's a picture of sexual corruption, which I kind of went after already, cutting himself, self-destruction, self-hatred. We really need a great revival. His name is Legion. Jesus asked him, what is your name, Legion? It's a picture of a cluster of problems inhabiting or a cluster even of demon bondages inhabiting one person. You need to understand that we're, we're very complex in many ways. And because of trauma and difficulties and pain, it can be like layers. I've found, I've found as I've prayed for people who are in need of deliverance or even in need of healing, that sometimes through a service or through a time of counseling, that, that they can get two layers blown off, but there's still three to go. And then if that house is not filled, then those two layers actually come back on and maybe a few more with them. You say, Pastor, you're freaking me out. Well, just hang on there. It's going to be okay. Come on, look at your neighbor and say it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. There are realities. There are the realities of curses and bondages. And, and you need to be aware of that. And that's why, we, that's why we teach on it. That's why we have classes about, we call them realities classes. Why do we call them? Because there's certain realities that you better know. Because if you don't know them, you can end up in, you know, a world of hurt. The first demon that Jesus ever cast out was in church. It's the synagogue, same thing, church. Matthew 12. There's people who are mightily set free by the power of God. And it's just part of the kingdom. 
I love verse 7. If you put verse 7 of the text up, if you can. They know who Jesus is. Demons know who Jesus is. Your son of the most high. Mark 5. They know who Jesus is. And there's some that even try to cast. Here we go. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have we to do with you? Jesus, the son of the most high God. So demons know. There's, there's, there's a picture of a submission to authority. There's a picture that, that God's on the throne and the devil knows it. I love this verse. Come on, somebody say, Jesus is the victor. And he, he has all authority. Now, if you don't know that he's the victor and you don't know that he has authority, don't try to get rid of demons on your own. Because you'll end up like the first streakers. How many of you know what that is? Back in the 70s, there's people would strip their clothes off and run all around the Super Bowl to get, get their naked tushies on camera. Well, the seven sons of Sceva were the first ones. Except they actually didn't really want to be running around naked. What happened is they tried to cast the devil out and they, and, and they said, well, Paul we know and Jesus we know. Paul we heard about. Who are you? And the demons jump on seven sons of Sceva, these priests, and they beat the snot out of them and they ran away naked and bleeding. One person. I've seen supernatural demon power. I have. And, and honestly, I've found the way to walk in authority is to be shoved in the deep end of the pool. But you better have your, li your life right. You, get, you better know the word. We went to the island of Molokai. I've told this story before, but it gets people paying attention. We went to the island of Molokai, and uh, some of my Hawaiians friends that are here tonight, part of our church for many, many years, know the, some of the stories that came from the island of Molokai. Island Molokai, some of you don't even know there is a Hawaiian island called Molokai. It's where all the priests were trained. It's not something that's, it's not a place that's really visited. It's, it's called the most Hawaiian island of the Nihihau. It's not really visited because the beaches are kind of, you know, not the kind of Hawaiian beaches that you'd look for. It's, it's a different place. Only about 7,000 people there. And it has more heiaus per capita than any other place on the Hawaiian Islands. What's that? Human sacrifice locations where they would sacrifice uh, male warriors. Let me just say that Molokai, even to this day as I understand it, has more homosexuals per capita than anywhere else on the Hawaiian Islands. You say, why is that? Because that demon spirit is still trying to kill the male. Do you catch that? And we went there, and I honestly, I heard the stories from Pastor Kamau. I heard the stories from Pastor Earl Thurner. I heard the stories from Pastor Steve. I heard the stories from Pastor Kinsai. I heard the stories from Robert Sahagun, who's now, now the pastor there, about a, these demons that would come to visit the pastor in the parsonage and how they'd be taking a shower and death would come on them and they'd have heart attacks and stuff and how their kids were nearly killed and over and over. I'm talking endless stories about these demons that were in the region. Everybody say region. They were in the region that would afflict the church and, and they would fight. And it was just, they, the first time they flew there, Dr. Morocco and all of the pastors, all they could do is weep. All they could do when they put their feet in the ground is cry for the heaviness that was there. When we went there, we, we just filled in. We filled in for Pastor Michael Zarl. I preached my brains out. 
I mean, I felt the fire and I was like looking at a whole bunch of people like staring at a new gate or something. These people just looked at me, nothing moved, nothing happened. Just a handful of people in church. And I thought, geez, preach that somewhere else. We might have revival. I mean, you know, maybe I was a little arrogant and young. That's true, I guess. That's true. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm driving home. I'm driving up to the pastor's house with my wife. Pastor's on a trip. And we're driving, and I thought, this place is like God-forsaken. And we're driving, my wife's sitting next to me, and we just feel like something's sitting on us, breaking wind. <laughs> like a big, heavy, stinky oppression. And we're just sitting there like, ugh, ugh. And we're driving, I'm thinking like, gosh, I remember, you remember this, right? I look, here, come stand right here, babe. Here, sit right here, right here. Come on, let's pretend we're driving. You ready? So there we are. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. Okay. So there we are. And I just said, oh. And I look at her. And I said, do you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just heavy. So we start praying in the spirit, which is what I know to do whenever you don't know what to do. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up. So we start praying in the spirit. And this is what I said. I said, oh God, I know that you're going to send us somewhere. Don't send us here. <gasps> and I know immediately when I said, don't send us here, I was like, oh, I heard you should never do that. And I said that to my wife. And then I just had this like, oh, God. And it was just this thing that happened. You remember that? It was terrifying. I thought, you fool. Why didn't you just say, oh, Lord, send me here if you want to? No, that, that's not what I said. I said, Lord, send us anywhere. Send us to California. Send us to Lanai. Don't send us here, God. It's exactly where he sent us. And, oh, and we knew it was God. Had a vision, had a dream. God showed me the high places and showed me demonic structures. And listen, you have to have a revelation of the demonic strategy over the region and the territory, over the things that are even in your own family. You have to have understanding to be able to tear them down. By wisdom is a, is a house built. By understanding is it furnished. I told you, bring a steak knife. You got it? Yeah, you have to have, a, have a, a strategy. You have to see the strategy of warfare and begin to learn how to take it apart and contend and fight for it. And so God called us to Molokai, and we hadn't quite moved there yet. It's my very first weekend as the pastor. My wife was staying at Pastor Ann's house. I went there and I preached. I went to Doc Langer, who's now gone to be with Jesus. It was at Doc Langer's house and his cell phone rings. And I see the troubled look on his face. So he answers his phone. It's like, okay, shut up. Okay, okay, the pastor's here. Hold on. And he says, we have a problem. I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what, what what's the problem? There's this lady and, uh, you know, up the road and she's locked herself in a, in a stable and she's, uh, they hear animal sounds coming out and uh, it, it's, it's, it's really scary. They said, you can sense evil. The temperature is different. Everything is just creepy over there and they don't know what to do and they want you to come and help. 
We need, and, he, and he says, he was one of the leaders in the church. He says, Pastor, we need to go there. I'm thinking, no, we don't. We don't need to go there. Like, no, but, but, but it was, here again, you know, it was my own. I knew, I know something about leadership in that when you're leading, lead. If you're tarred and feather, lead a parade going out of town. Hallelujah. Right? So I know I have to lead. I know I'm the, here's the devil. Here he is manifesting on my first weekend. And I'm thinking, I said to him, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm like, you know, terrified. Not kind of scared, majorly fearful. And I'm thinking, I just said to him, you know, we need to pray first. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to pray. I'm like, all right. And I always, I mean, I try to take a nap on Sunday afternoon. If it's 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes, it's 20 minutes, but I prefer an hour. I go down, I lie down to take a nap. And all I can do is pray in the spirit. And I, I like kind of doze off and just be praying in the spirit and doze off. And, wait. and I finally, I can't sleep anymore. And it's just like the Lord's like, go. I'm like, okay, <sighs> come on. And we get up and we go. We traveled to this house. We moved down, driving into the property. When we drove in, the temperature changed. And it went easy, 20, I don't know, maybe 15 degrees colder. I mean, significant, like somebody turned on air conditioning. When you're in Hawaii, you notice that kind of stuff. And Molokai's hot. The the temperature changes and it drops. And we get out and and there's the guy at the house. And all he does is this. He opens the house, sit aboard, sit aboard. And he shuts the door. It's in the barn. That's what we get out of that. It's in the barn. And so we start approaching the barn. And as we got closer and closer, it was like a, like a skunk would spray stink. It was like fear began to get all over us. The last thing in the world I wanted to do was be on that property. I wanted to run like a little girl and scream. But I knew that this is now the territory that God gave me. And I knew that God had commanded me to be there. And I knew that I was in the will of God. And I thought, oh boy, we're going in. So we come to the obvious stall that she's in because we hear animal noises and, and a chattering. We're not quite sure what that is. And this is the God's honest truth as I tell you this story with no exaggeration. This is my remembrance of this, this story. I knock on the door and I said, open the door. And it's just like, I'm like, open the door. And so nothing happens. And so I just kind of like take a big deep breath and fake it, you know. I said, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. Open the door in the name of Jesus. And the noise stops. I thought, come on, bring it. What's behind the door? I don't know what's behind the door. And then all of a sudden the, the, the door opens and there's this beautiful young lady, young, 30 years old. And, and her eyes are up in the back of her head. Completely, all I can see is with the white of her eyes. She opens the door, and she falls back into the middle of the stall, falls kind of cross-legged, and is popping in the middle of the floor, up and down like a jackhammer, in some kind of demonic tongue, chattering her teeth with the sound of animals. And we hear the sound that we heard. And so I sat there, and we're totally freaked out. I don't feel a drip of God. I don't feel any presence. I don't feel any anointing. I don't feel nothing, man. I feel the absence of that, like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Okay, but I got a leader next to me, and he's holding onto my shirt, and he's like, what do we do, Pastor? What do we do? I say, he's like, what do we do? I'm like, 
let's worship. He's like, yeah, let's worship, let's worship, let's worship. I know hundreds and hundreds of worship songs. Hundreds. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I know hundreds of songs. I can't think of one. Not one, not one song comes to mind. It's like, okay, what are we saying? I'm like, oh, 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 come on, oh, oh. Amazing Grace. He's like, yeah, Amazing Grace. Now he was tone deaf. And I mean, come on, you could sing Amazing Grace right now. How many of you can, oh, may, you could catch it right away, right away. You could get it, right? I can't even find that thing. I'm like, Amazing Grace. Uh, no, that's not it. Amazing, uh, amazing Grace. It was just, it's not happening. I have no anointing. I can't even worship, which is one of the main tools God has given me. Me personally, I'm a worshiper. I worship and God shows up. And so I can't get it. Well, we sing, we fake it through like two times. You know, it's butchered and it's terrible. I'm sure we were tormenting that devil, boy. It was just like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Quit singing. She's still. And finally, about the third time through, it was like God just sort of kissed that place. I felt, the, I felt the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, we sang about seven or eight more times, and I'm not kidding. And by the time we sang through seven or eight times, and I really don't remember, because my experience that I tell you now is from me looking back on what happened. There was no conscious awareness or any plan that I had to, to bring deliverance to this precious girl. The power of the Holy Ghost came on us, and as I look back on it, we rushed her. Me and this leader rushed her and we grabbed her head and she shot off the ground and was levitating about two feet off the ground with her feet and her feet would dangle like this and every so often they would hit the ground and she would come back up and we were praying in the spirit and we commanded that thing to break its hold and come out of her and she flew out of our hands like somebody hit her with a Louisville slugger. I'm talking head first, head and shoulders into the, into the, into the ground of that stable. And we thought, that just, I mean, I... I didn't even think that couldn't be God. I just remember going, that's not enough. You know, I just pulled her back up. We prayed. She came off the ground again. She went down again that same way, and we, we ended up following her down. Now, remember, this is not a thought process. I'm telling you, like, I was watching a movie. Like, afterwards, when we're leaving, she's totally set free. This is what I remember it happened. We follow her down to the ground, and I've got her head in my, in my hands, and I'm praying, and we're weeping and praying. And all of a sudden, like a slot machine, her eyes come back. Bah! And we're looking at a human being. And she says, oh God, oh God, oh God. And we led her to Jesus. She got saved right then. Okay, but it doesn't stop there. We led her to Jesus and she got up off the ground. And we said, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. We, you need the power of the Spirit. And she's like, didn't know what that was, but she was ready. We had her lift her hands. We said, God's going to give you a prayer language. We prayed for her. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues instantaneously. Boom, just like that. Was they didn't have to think about it. Weeping and crying. We continued to pray for her and we brought her back to her house and gave her to her husband. And he wept. He wept and cried as he saw his wife in her right mind. And they held each other and we prayed for them. And we said, now listen, you've got to come to church tonight. It was Sunday. It was Sunday afternoon. You must come to church tonight. Can you make it? They said, we'll try. I said, you can, you did not try. You're going to church. You understand me? You get your tail to church because this thing can get worse. And they came and they came for the next week. Then they missed a few. Then they came and that went on for about three weeks. 
and then she disappeared. And we looked for her. She brought somebody else with her. She was a prostitute. She was married, but she was doing prostitution for drugs on that little island. We couldn't find her for a few weeks. Then they found her. And she was dead. We are not, we are playing for keeps, people. Jesus is the victor. And, and we have the keys. We have power and authority over the enemy. God's speaking to us tonight. Let me just share this as I close. Will you accept or reject the deliverer in your life? If you're half-stepping for God, I rebuke you right now. Get a hold of yourself and quit playing church. Stop it. Stop. Stop. So I've never been spoken to by a pastor like that. Well, maybe that's the problem. I mean, some of you need a spanking in Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. It might be that you don't know that there's real freedom that comes from the Lord. You know, we're not sitting here playing church. It's, I, I, I'm not doing what I do because I'm, I'm collecting a, a salary or something. I'm not doing what I do because this is a job. I've been called to do what I do. And my life is about loving God and delivering people. And I am seeing casualties at an unprecedented level all over. Men of God that walk with the Lord for 20 years creamed in adultery. For 10 minutes, they throw away their life for 5 or 30 seconds or whatever it is. Throw away their whole life for a, for a, a moment. How stupid is that? Who in their right mind would do that? Who in their right mind would do that? Nobody. You know why? They're not in their right mind. There are powers at work, and we don't need to be afraid, but at the same time, we have to be, you know, we have the innocent of evil and excellent at what is good. I'm so thankful that Jesus paid the price. I'm so thankful that we have authority. I'm so thankful that we don't have to be tormented or demonized, that we can really live satisfied lives. And, and the stories I've told tonight, I hope that I haven't advertised the devil too much because he gets enough advertising. You can be free and you can walk in power by the Spirit of God. You can set other people free. You can do it. Will you accept or reject the deliverer in your life? Jesus desires all of us to have a testimony. You know, if you read the story about this young man, he, 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 he didn't, wasn't allowed to go with Jesus. He sent them to the Decapolis, to the ten cities, to be a witness. Some of you need to bust out the power of your testimony once again. Some of you need to break out the power of what God did for you. Remember, return to your first love and remember how he set you free. Remember how he delivered you. Remember how you couldn't sleep at night or maybe you had some sickness or remember how you were just twisted inside out and, and headed down the, the, the primrose path to hell and, and Jesus intervened and let that testimony come fresh to you again and begin to use it as a weapon. Come on, we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and loving our lives not so much as to shrink from death. You need to testify. I, I love the fact that Jesus wouldn't let him go. No, no, you can't come. Go testify. Go tell him. Jesus wants us to set other people free. It's not religion and tradition that's going to help you. If you'll trust the Lord, he will expose the demonic in your own life and he will give you a revelation of the powers and principalities and ruler in dark places that are over our region. I'm reminded of a prophetic word tonight that motivated me to preach this word.
They laid hands on me at the prophetic conference and said, I'm going to show you the demonic structures over that land. You know, I believe the Lord's leading us to walk the valley, to do a prayer walk. We did it on Molokai. We've done it in different places. I believe he's leading us to do a prayer walk in the summer. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't know the timing of it, but I'm, I'm going to begin to pray towards that. I felt like God spoke to me to do that, to just get it. To, and, I, and I, you know, I don't mean like hold a bunch of signs. I, I mean, start at where the, I don't know where the valley markers are. I think it's right after you drop down out of Chugach where you come in right there. That's definitely a spiritual demarcation line to walk that all the way around and maybe all the way to Big Lake or something like that and pray because there are powers at work that are robbing the harvest and I'm just not going to settle for it. We've been given power and authority. You know what? It's not going to be, it's a little hard to walk. How many miles is that? I don't know how many miles it is, but I mean, that's miles. Why would you do that? Because there are, there are uh, territorial spirits that just don't want to turn loose. And if you study about, about what's going on, the goings on in the body of Christ, does anybody know what I'm talking about? What's happened to churches all across the valley? All across. There's a few exceptions, praise the Lord. But all across the valley, pastors have been creamed. Congregations have been split. And it's gone on for years. And I will tell you that one of the, one of the things that God has called us to be is a church that prays. We are a praying church, and I'm calling you to prayer, and I'm calling you to have a fresh revelation for those of you that can hear me, that Jesus is the victor, and you can take authority over every single ailment problem that you have and drive that thing out by the authority of the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. And if, you, if, if you're tired in the battle now, I mean, how will you do on the plain, the flood plains of the Jordan and running with the horses? How will you do then? I believe we're headed for some very serious times. If you're weary now, better find the one that refreshes. Amen. And you can do that. God's calling you to it. He's calling me to a deeper place. He's calling warriors. He's calling people to come out of obscurity, step away from religiosity and from half-stepping lame duck religion that tries to put chains on somebody. No, you can, you can be set free tonight. And you can be somebody that delivers, somebody that brings freedom to others. Can you say amen? amen. You say, well, how, how do I know if I'm, I'm struggling? Or how do you know if I'm oppressed? How do you know if I'm bound? And I prefer to call it that way. As Isaiah says, you know, those who are bound as opposed to somebody who's demon-possessed. One, one of the keys is uh, while I was preaching... If you got irritated that wanted me to shut up at any moment, no, at any point, try to listen to where you wanted me to shut up. What point was that? Was it the point where I started talking about sex or lust or was it was that it? When I was wanted talking about cell phones and pornography, was that the moment that you wanted me to shut up? Because if it was, then you very might well be bound in that area. Come on, smile at me. Come on, it's not me. Praise God. It's not me. Come on, look at your neighbors. I don't know who he's talking about. He ain't talking to me. Praise God. You ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. He'll, he'll bring revelation. 
You know, one of the great things about coming into his presence is that when you come into his presence, man, other stuff is exposed. We're going to pray, but here's what we're going to do first. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to let you go. But here's what we're going to do. Florida needs our help. And we're going to help Florida tonight. Amen. We're going to take an offering tonight for Florida. All right? We're going to do that. They're in the midst of, uh, well, come tell people what you're doing. Just briefly. And come tell people where we're at. There's been a real battle there. It really has. And you've been fasting and praying, but God's given us some keys, hasn't he? Come on, just share for a moment. Well, we have, you know, back when we were here, my uh, wife, for some reason, wanted to change her major in college to early childhood education, and it really didn't make no sense, but we're back in Florida, and our preschool is going to be opening up. We have a preschool that will have 22 spots for kids in the town right right where we're at doesn't have a Christian preschool there whatsoever and you know God opened up this door for us I talked to my wife right before service it's 11.30 at night she's still there at the church working I'm talking about painting sheetrock, everything, why? because uh, about 9.30 in the morning, which would be about 5 o'clock this time inspection for the Department of Children and Families. Department of Children and Families, Child Protective Services. The government agency to for the state of Florida is coming to do the first inspection for the preschool. And there's about three different inspections that's going to take place. And this one's to get the actual state application submitted. And it's going to be huge. There's no preschool there whatsoever. And that's just the key. That's just a bridge to get into the community. Because there's so many families out there that they won't go to church for whatever reason. You know, I mean, multi-churches. We have four churches on the block that we're at the block you go to you know I can look out the back porch and there's a black church I can look over here and you'll get this when I say it there's a nursing home church that the doors will close because they don't want to change their ways one day I can look this way and there's a church that's wrapped up in themselves that's the white church I say all that to say this just a few days ago and I'm and I'm just about done I was approached by this lady and she goes hey um can you tell me something about this church here um is it a white church or a black church that's what she asked me she asked me is this other and what about the pastor of this church well the first thing that happened was something rose up in me and when she asked me, is it a white church or a black church? And I said, well, we're a red church because we're covered by the blood. I mean, that's pretty much it. And she goes, well, what about the pastor? And I said, well, I think he's a nice guy. And the owner of this business that I was at, she goes, just tell him who you are. 
And I says, well, I'm the site pastor here for this church and love to have you. And just, you know, our prayer is God's going to break the racial issue there. I mean, there's a big issue there. We're in the deep south, the Bible Belt, but there's still issues with race. And so, you know, we need your prayers for that. That's what we're needing prayer for. And the preschool, hey, it's about to open. It's just that bridge to have, you know, all the... To raise white kids and black kids together. I mean, that's what it is. And we're going to do it. So, that's it. All right, the entirety of this offering will go towards our extension. And... That's true. Put it under, if you're using the phone, put it under guest speaker. That'll work. Guest speaker. That'll work. We'll figure it out that way. That's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ushers, would you help us? Not only going to provide a need in the community, but then the resources that come in will be able to help support our entire work there. Amen. Praise. All right, we're going to pray. Now, here's how we're going to do it. First of all, would you would you pray about walking the valley? would you begin to pray about that? All right? That God wouldn't have you be a part of that. I'd prefer to drive it (laughs) or get on my bike and ride it. But I think he's calling us to walk it as a prayer time. So we'll we'll start to see if the Lord wouldn't have us do that. Notice, I didn't say we are doing. I said we're praying about doing. I have got this sort of wild hair from the Holy Ghost. So we'll going to pray about that and I do believe it to be the Lord but I'm going to pray and if you'll join with me ushers would you come and then tonight if you've never given your heart to Jesus going to give you an invitation so that you you can get right with God if you're not right with God tonight don't leave this place we'll pray for you for those of you that feel like maybe you're bound You know, Jesus never embarrassed anybody. You didn't have to convince me when I was bound. When I was bound, I knew it, and I would hustle to the front to get rid of it. Self-hatred and stuff like that. Let's let's just pray for, uh, let's pray for Florida, and I'll continue. Father, thank you for Minister Trent, Amy. Thank you, Lord, that uh, years ago, they, they just sold everything and moved up here at the word of the Lord. And God, you trained him, raised him up, made him part of KC, put the DNA in it, DNA. He survived Delta. Hallelujah. Thrived even in that place. And then, God, you saw fit to send him right, right back home where you brought him out of to be like a, like a twister, like a tornado in the Holy Ghost. Lord, give us a harvest in Florida. Lord, this preschool, we call it done, started. We call in all the, all the kids that are be a part of that and all the families that are part of that work there that work to be mighty and strong in every way, reaching blacks, whites, 
red and yellow, black and white, reaching everybody. God, we are a multi-ethnic church. We look around tonight and see every color here, everyone. And that's how heaven is. God, we'd be like a little slice of heaven right there in Havana, Florida. Anoint my brother. God, give him everything he needs. Jesus, name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. If you're not right with God, I want to give you an opportunity with just a few more moments and service will be totally completed for tonight. You want to make sure that you register, please, for the conference. If you've not done that, you can certainly do it online. You're here tonight. You don't know for sure whether heaven is your home. If you were to die, God forbid, if this would be your last night in the earth, do you know for sure that heaven would be your home? Are your sins forgiven? Are you covered by the blood of the Lamb? Have you repented? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus? Or you just play in church. Maybe you're here for the first time and you're genuinely hungry and you want to get your life right with God and I, I commend you for that. Every head bowed, every eye closed, those online, those listening by podcast, if that's you, you want to get right with God for the first time or you want to make a recommitment, you want to sell out, you want to come home, you want to get away from compromise and you want to really live for God, if that's you, you fit in those two categories, getting right with God for the first time or secondly, recommitting your life, coming home. If that's you, slip your hand up right now. Just do it right now. Lift your hand if that's you. God bless you, son. Anybody else? God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else on this right side of the sanctuary? God bless you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand, son. God bless you over on this left side of the sanctuary. Anybody? All right. Those online, would you stand with us all across this place? I want you just to pray right out loud, whether you raised your hand or you didn't. Come on, if you though you're living for God, just affirm your faith once again. Let's all stand on our feet and pray this right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill and touch each and every one. In Jesus' name. All right. I'm not going to give a sissified altar call. I'm going to say it. All right? You know what that means? That means I'm not going to color candy coat it or anything like that. If you feel like you're bound and you've been tormented at night through thoughts or self-hatred, you're struggling with things, you hear an over-voice maybe that says that you're stupid and you should off your life or some mixture of that, maybe a overwhelming rage that comes on you where you black out and you don't even know what you do. If you've got problems with addiction or you just want prayer, I want you to come to the front right now. Come on, come. Come on, just step out, make one line all the way across the front. You're struggling with a habit. You want to be set free tonight. Come on, step all the way up to the stairs, please. God's going to help you. He's going to touch you. Hallelujah. your hands towards these. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, we ask you now to come. We rebuke every assignment. We rebuke sickness. We rebuke disease. We rebuke every habit. We 
rebuke every bondage in the name of Jesus. Set people free tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're not right with God, you better get right. That thing come and land on you. Hello. Yeah. Come on, pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Come on, lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you.
in here. Uh, it's a male. And there has been some wounds that have taken place in your heart. And that, that wound has been a source of great anger for you. And you've even find yourself exploding at times. Unwarranted. I mean, a little frustrating thing. It's kind of like there'll be a double the reaction that there would normally be. And you've done certain things, beginning to even living a lifestyle away that, that holds that in check. But God wants to set you free. He doesn't want to hold it in check. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want you just to white knuckle it and hope you don't really pop off and scare your family and freak somebody out and punch a hole in the wall and offend somebody. He doesn't want you to white knuckle it. He wants you to be set free and healed. I'm not going to call you up whoever you are. You know who you are. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you would come into that trauma. You would come into that place. That you would heal them right now. You pour in the oil. You pour in the wine, Jesus. You pour in the oil. You pour in the wine and you would heal them in the bitterness and the wound, Lord, that would find forgiveness. There's even some because of... Uh, that have happened, just physical ailments I see locked up in people. I bind and break off every infirmity in Jesus' name. Now we're going to sing this one more time. I'm going to close. When we sing it one more time, come on, I just, well, I mean, I hear the word deputize. Jesus said, I've chosen you in John 15 and I have appointed you. Come on, you, we would appoint a sheriff, maybe. We would appoint a legal person. I have chosen you. I have appointed you to bear forth fruit. God has appointed you to be his ministers of reconciliation, to walk in power, not to be a religious person, to be somebody that really brings the power of the name of Jesus everywhere you go. You're the answer. And many of you are the only Jesus people will ever see. Jesus some people will ever see. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Holy Spirit, just come right now and clothe us afresh.
my young age, I began to visit you. Though the enemies tried to bring misunderstanding to you, I have given you wisdom. And I'm going to lead you and guide you. You will be a great leader. You will do great things for my kingdom, says the Lord. I've given you the ability and an unction to be able to speak. You love truth. You love kindness and gentleness. There's a compassion on the inside of you, even for your friends. The Lord says, I place that there. You'll be moved with compassion all of your life. You'll be a father to the fatherless. And you'll be a great man of God, even from a young age. Lift your hands.
chains falling. Oh, I hear the chains, I hear the chains. I hear the chains falling. In Jesus' name. I hear the chains falling. Put your hands together for God. Amen. Come on. Shout and clap to God with a voice of triumph tonight. God, thank you. said as a father has sent me and we know the father sent him to destroy the works of the devil he said as a father sent me so I send you you are God's method for freedom and deliverance you are God's answer he's chosen you he's appointed you go get him go come on go give the devil a black guy fat God already did it you're just enforcing what Jesus did on the cross took the keys of hell and death in the grave go heal the sick and set the captives free go preach the gospel go share your testimony come on go declare that jesus is the victor break chains off of people can you say amen father thank you for what you've done tonight bless your people cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards them be gracious to them keep them give them peace in jesus name amen god bless you Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.